Hi everyone, Terry Welbrock here, back from another health hiatus. That was a very surprising hiatus. I had a kidney stone attack uh, on Saturday evening, two, two Saturdays ago, I believe, and uh, ended up in the emergency room, and then they stuck me in an ambulance and sent me to a different hospital so that I could have emergency surgery. And uh, I guess a kidney stone... A size 5 is the biggest the human body can pass, and mine was a size 13, so they did a procedure where they sent some waves into it, some pulses, electric waves, and um, I can't remember the name of it, lithroscopy or something along those lines, <laughs> and uh, broke it up into to little mini pieces, and then I stayed in the hospital for, for a few days, and they put a stent in. And then the stent was taken out this week on Monday, so I am feeling back to myself, was able to work out, and uh, oh, it's it's just such a relief to have that stone out of me and the stent out of me, because the stent is n not fun at all either. Um, so anyway, yes, um, happy to be back, happy to be sharing this beautiful, 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 beautiful interview with Susan Lacks. Be sure to um, check out her book and books and um, sign up for her her morning inspiration. And enjoy this, again, inspirational, beautiful, heart-hugging conversation. All right, now for the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and very happy to have with me today Susan Lax, and she is spiritual counselor and so much more, author and uh, of, oh my gosh, amazing books. And we are here to discuss, she was just talking to me before I hit record, and I said, oh my gosh, please repeat all that <laughs> as soon as we hit record, because her words hugged my heart. Uh, so welcome, Susan. Oh, thank you for having me. What a privilege to be here with you and your listener. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So yes, talk to us uh, about what a, your role is as spiritual counselor, but also about this business that you own and you were talking to me about. So I'm going to give a little bit of uh, background because to just jump into spiritual counseling and people really don't know what that is or who is this woman who's coming to talk to me right now? So Hi, everyone. I'm Susan, and I um, am the proud, proud grandmother, as we say in Hebrew, Savta, of five grandchildren, and I have three granddaughters, and I live with my partner in love and in life for 44 years and have two wonderful son-in-laws. So that's my other life that maybe takes over so many of my wonderful moments. I grew up in Israel on a kibbutz. And for those of you that don't know what a kibbutz is, it's a communal farm. So, and I really think it's a good idea to just go look, because Israel is the only place that really has these kibbutzim. They're quite different. So my upbringing was slightly different than um, your usual person in the sense that you talk to, because we didn't live with our parents. We lived in children's houses. And so I looked at life from a different, a different view a little bit. and. I grew up under the under the, the clouds of the Holocaust, okay? Growing up in Israel, that was part of society, uh, part of in my own home, part of who we knew. 
And so there was this thing called grief that you didn't talk about. It was only being strong, being resilient. And the part of, wait, aren't we allowed to grieve whatever it is in life, never was enabling to us because we also grew up through wars and everyone in Israel knows someone who's lost someone who's been hurt by someone all over Israel, every citizen in Israel. And so I was always, there was a part of me that that said, wait, what about this grief? What do we do with this? Where do we put it? We can't just always be strong and move forward. Because that is a message that was given to me as an individual. And I think basically to my generation in Israel. So um, after we left Israel and we came to the United States because of illness in my own family, we needed, we had very little money. And all of a sudden I had to figure out how do I make my children smile and know that there's good and wonderful, even in struggling times, even in times of challenge. And I came up with all these games and all these ideas. And that was planted in one of the rooms of my soul as well, together with the question of grief. What do we do with that? And always stayed there. And then we began this shoe company here in the United States and attached it to a shoe company that is in Israel. And together, we have put together this shoe company. And as I was telling you, that is Shoes of Peace. But then as we were working and I started saying, you know, I know that all these souls touch these shoes and we have a mission to make the world better through our shoes and bring comfort. I have yet another calling. So about 25 years ago, I went back to school and I studied Jewish spirituality because that was where I came from, Judaism. I am not religious or orthodox, but that is who I am. And I figured that was a good opening to go in and discover, maybe there I can find a place about how do you take challenges and grief and bring in moments of joy. Maybe in studying the spirituality, I would be able to. And lo and behold, I was gifted so many avenues and so many doors that opened up. And I became a spiritual counselor to all human spirits. And that really is, for me, the definition is knowing how to bring and to have a moment of joy, to tap into it. You know, joy lives within us. It's not something we have to go searching. I see these books sometimes that say, where to find happiness? Hello, it lives within you. Hello, how freeing is that? And all we have to do is have the tools that allow us to invite it into our moment. And that's basically as the spiritual counselor, when I work with people that have chronic illness or that are exiting this world or families that are guiding people into the next place or that they're in their own grief after is how in these challenging moments can we still invite a moment of joy? Wow. Isn't that crazy to think about that? Oh, right. I love it. And, and all this guilt that people sometimes feel, wait, I'm grieving. So I can't really feel joy. And if I'm chronically ill and I show someone that I'm actually smiling and happy, they're going to forget that that's part of my story. And so grief is part of the story. 
once you experience it, and everybody experiences grief in all shapes or forms. It is not only when we let go of someone or say goodbye to someone in our life. It could be with so many other things. And when we experience grief, it becomes part of our story. We have the story. And that's okay. And our illness is part of our story. And that's okay. But that's not the essence of who our human spirit is. And I think when that is brought into our practice, into our, I call it heart practice. Because heart practice means that we are listening to our heart and we're giving messages to our heart. You know, I talk about a road. We have a road from our mind to our heart to our soul. And thoughts sometimes come here. And as they're coming down here, wow, there's a traffic jam of thoughts. And it can't reach the heart, even if it's a good thought. And then there's bad thoughts. And then there's this man. And we need like a policewoman to come and say, wait a second, everybody. Stop. <laughs> so that's where awareness and stillness and quietude can help. And that's as a spiritual counselor. I help people guide themselves. You know, I'm there, but they kind of find their own tools that help them when those traffic jams happen, right? Because people say to me, well, what do you do? Well, that's for me. I'm a different soul than you are. I can share what I do, but they may not work. Just like no two souls are exactly alike. That's what makes this world unique, right? And no two people that grieve, grieve in the same way. You know, and, and there, they, there is this um, learning of five stages of grief. However, I tend to shy away from it because I have found as someone who's experienced grief in my life that, wait, if I'm not there, is something wrong with me? And what, I have to rush through this to get to the next stage? No, where I am is absolutely perfect. And I may experience it this way and that way, and I may experience it later, but that's it's just part of my story. So enabling ourselves to find that moment of joy in the midst of the biggest chaos. Oh, what a gift. What a gift. And then it's contagious. Think about that. You know, someone asked me, Susan, how do you start your day? What do you do in your day to make sure that that awareness of where you are, of, of that tapping into joy for just a moment? You know, we can't be full of joy all the time. <laughs> That's not going to happen, okay? But all we need is that one moment. You know, when good touches you, just like when joy touches you, your heart never forgets it. It goes into your heart memory and it never leaves. What an amazing thought. It's always there. And we just have to go back. And so someone asked me, what do you do, Susan? So I want to share with you what I do every day. And that's mine. And everyone can do with it how they see. Or if it doesn't speak to you, that's okay. But I'm going to ask you right now to do this with me. And so the first thing I do is when I get out of bed, and I go into my bathroom to brush my teeth. Before I do that, I look in the mirror and I just smile. Yeah. Oh, look at that beautiful smile. Oh, my God. Your whole body, everything. 
that's how I start because the message that goes to the rest of my being, you know, on that road in the heart and the soul is yes, yay, good, happy, joy. And it just allows me to start a day with a sense of gratitude and with a sense of, wow, I am here. Isn't this amazing? And whatever happens in the day, it's already implanted in the DNA of my soul for that day. It's implanted in there. How amazing is that? Yes. I love it only because every day when I'm brushing, you know, right before I brush my teeth or or sometimes right after, if I'm like, I got to brush my teeth, I'll look at myself and I'm, I, I smile at myself and I say, you've got this kid because I've been going through this chronic illness this last year and a half. And, uh, or I'll say, I love you, kiddo. I like, I just, I, and I love it that you said that. So that's why I smiled so big. Cause I was like, yeah, I do that. <laughs> yes. That's fantastic. Oh, good for you. Wow. That's amazing for you. And then I have a little book and it could be bigger, but mine is small. It's a little blue book and I call it my joy book, my little joy book. And in it, I write three things that that day, that morning, and I say in the morning because that's, that's the beginning of the rest of our day. And a day is huge. It's so many minutes and so many, you know, I was just talking to my granddaughter, she's 10 years old, and we were talking about how many minutes in a day and how many moments in, a, in an hour. And oh my gosh, it's so much. And how would, you know, we were doing a little math with that, but we were also just talking about concept when you think about how many moments are in a day and then in a week and then in a month and then in a year. And it's just, whoa. And sometimes as wonderful as that seems, it can be overwhelming for our heart and our soul, especially at times of challenge. So if we can go back to the essence of one moment. And so in my joy book, in that moment, where is joy appearing? And I differ that from gratitude because it's not necessarily something like I can be grateful for for my breath every day. And I am. I really am. But the part of me that smiles or the part of me that my whole body goes "Ah," or giggle is a little bit different than that gratitude. So I like to tune in to that part that makes me go, oh, yeah. And it could be the way my partner in life and in love gave me a kiss that morning. Or it could be that I all of a sudden thought of something that a conversation that I had that just was so joyful. Or it could be an excitement. And I make sure when I write those three things that my body, heart, and soul is smiling in whatever version it is at that moment. And I put it there. And it it sets the day for me before I start my meditation, you know, I sit in meditation. And, and then after all three of those things, oh my gosh, I have this wonderful invitation to no matter what finds me that day. And I have challenges just like every other person, but no matter what finds me, I have put a place of rest and ease. I framed it. And now the different colors that come into that frame, I can decide where I'm going to put them. It's almost like empowering my soul to have the choices to do with the challenges that appear before me. Yes. 
beautiful. And as you as you as you said that, the word framed it in popped into my head before you even said the words because, and I could see almost the artistry of the, that you're creating of your day. And yeah. even if those dark spots come in, it can you can still shine your light of joy on it. And 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 it's just you know there we're given this one moment, right? It's like our conversation now will never happen again exactly like this on this day at this moment when we're wearing exactly these things, right? And as our story changes from moment to moment, we may speak about things a little bit differently, right? And so this is this is this moment. And for me to have that choice on how I meet up with my moments, wow, is that empowering. Wow, is that that is that is food for my courage. That is food for my my breath. That is food for my soul. You know, and I work with so many people that that are really touched by by illness, right? And one of the things they say to me, they worry and they're full of fear of the quote unquote what will be. And my how how will I do this? And what will I miss? And and what won't I be able to do? And all these what ifs. So my first thing with that is, is really taking one hour. Wow, that's huge, an hour. And deciding in that hour, I'm not going to use the word if. Anytime there's a thought, and remember, a thought is just a thought. Well, it's all it is. It's a thought. It's not me. It's not deciding what's going to happen. It's not deciding what was or where I am. It's just a thought. So let's take that power away from that, first of all. And remember that our soul and our being and the essence of the human spirit that we are is so much more powerful than a thought. Let's just put that out there. So that's something that I practice, you know, when a thought comes to me and wants to take over my moment. It's like, excuse me. You're here. I hear you. I see you in my in my where I am because it appears right. A thought can appear in what we see as well. And I, I don't want you here right now, but thank you. I'd rather be here. And it could be from that thought I become creative. I sit down and I write, right? Or I can be creative and no, I'm gonna go work out right now. Or it could be no, I'm gonna make a phone call right now. But at that moment, I don't want to give the power to that thought that is not doing my soul good. It's not giving my soul the good things that I so deserve. And we all deserve. We deserve good. End of the story. And there's so much good we can create when we come in touch with our own good. Think about that for a second. When we are creating our own good, we can create good, whoever we touch, and then just imagine this world we would be in. It would be a world of good. And boy, do we need that today, right? Yes. So good is contagious. It's contagious, but we have to start where we are here. And so when that worry comes, I go, well, this is your choice right now. Um, you can worry about what will be totally a prerogative but then you're going to kind of miss what's happening right now 
and you're not getting this back again. So if you think about that, hmm, what would you do with that? What, what would be, would you rather say, oh, I'm here right now and I want to take this moment of worry and change it into a moment of laughter or into a moment of drawing or into a moment of speaking to someone that I know that conversation is always good for my heart? Or am I going to stay in that place of worry? And worry is part of the world. It's here. And it's part of our story. Again, it's what we do with those parts of our story. And um, a number of, I guess it was last week, a woman shared with me, she was concerned that she won't be here for her daughter's wedding, whenever that happens. And so she said, but how can I stop thinking about that? That's all I think about that I won't be here to walk her down the aisle. And I said, wow, look how much power you're giving that thought if that's all you're thinking about. Have you thought about what a great relationship you have with your daughter? Have you thought, and we started filling, I call it the treasure box of our soul, the treasure box of our soul with all these things that are happening now and that can happen right now or in the next moment. And it's really teaching ourselves and our soul, how do we shift? How do we shift from being in tomorrow, which we have absolutely no control over, zero, zilch, or being in what was, happened already, sorry, can't do anything, to being where we are now. That's so freeing. That's so huge. Now, of course, we work, we talk, we do all these other things that we are not always going, oh, it's so great to be in this moment. But what we do do is we can teach our soul. We can practice awareness, an attentive heart, an attentive heart. An attentive heart means, for instance, I'm in the midst of selling my home. I'm in the Upper West Side now where I live, but I have a home in Long Island and I'm in the and I live in Tel Aviv as well. So I'm across the, and so I'm selling that home. And I went outside because I wanted to take in the backyard and say, well, I've lived here for 26 years. I need to take and breathe this in. And all of a sudden, this little red robin really just showed up on this, on this chair and just sat there. And I was like, oh my gosh. This is amazing where you're here. And, you know, I take photographs and in my book, there are photos as well, because I always think that photos are so full of inspiration of awareness. They're not planned, right? The photos I take, they're not planned because it just happened because I was there because my heart was so attentive that, wow, I took it in. And there was this red robin and she just sat there quietly. And I took a photo of her and I thought, wow, wow, this is something, this photo goes, you know, we have a heart photo album too. And we can go back to those moments and remember those photos and those pictures, and they will definitely give the message of joy, right? When we decide that that's what we want to do with that, what we see. And I think that this red robin came and, and she was, wait. This is all good. There's so much beauty more for you to discover. And 
I'll find you wherever you are. Don't worry. And that is awareness. And awareness and attentive heart is so much stronger than worry and fear. It's so much stronger. It's so much more full of braveness and courage and, oh my gosh, so much more. You know, we talked a little bit and you know, I write something called the morning inspiration. And I started writing that 13 years ago when a friend of mine was touched by cancer. And she said, I don't want anyone asking me about it. I don't want to talk about it. Just let me be. And I couldn't do that. I I just had to find a way to continue the bond, but I had to do it on her terms. And I wanted to gift her uh, from my heart, whatever moment of joy I could gift. So I started writing an email and I would get up at six in the morning because I knew that's when her treatment was and she was always an early riser. And the first email I said to her, I'm writing this to you and I will be writing every morning. If you don't want it, just email, stop email. And you don't have to answer. And we never have to talk about it. And I started writing her moment, words from moments of mine that had nothing to do with her cancer or illness. Because, you know, one of the things I find in my work is people that are touched by illness or chronic illness or by terminal illness don't want people to only see them as their illness. They want to be seen as the same person they've been. And I always say, it's just an added page in your story. And so I never spoke of her illness. I really spoke of my moments of awareness that I saw during the day. Cancer was never mentioned. I never even asked her, how are you feeling? It was just a couple of lines. And then about five or six months into it, I came down with the flu. And I never knew. I never knew she read them. And we saw each other. And she never mentioned them, so I never brought it up. And I couldn't get up. I was too ill to get up. And around 7.30, my phone rings. And lo and behold, on the other side of the phone, Susan, where's my morning blessing? And whoa, the impact of of how the the validation of, of knowing that a word, a word that you send from the center of your heart to someone, the impact it can have on someone else. And I said to her, you know what? As soon as I feel better, I'll go back to it. And I continued to do that for 365 days. Um, And I was, at the same time, I was doing workshops for women that were post and pre-mastectomies about joy, really, about challenges and resilience and um, our stories and a lot of things that we talked about a little bit different, obviously. And I told the story and they looked at me and they said, Susan, how come she gets it? And we don't get it. What do you, what do you mean? This is not okay. <laughs> and so Morning Inspiration was born and it started going all over the world and by word of mouth. And I never knew how people got it. I never asked them. Um, and it just started growing and growing. And today, 
it has a whole nother, it's no longer seven days a week. It's now three days a week because, you know, I answer every single person that writes back to me. So it's, it, it has its own world of, of morning inspiration and my writing has changed and the world has changed and I have grown as just everyone else has grown. And what started out only for women that were touched by cancer is now any human spirit that wants to receive it. You know, they just sign up for free on my website and they get it. And I love that all of a sudden I hear from someone in Ukraine last week. And I was like, oh, oh, the healing has, has, has got there. I, I couldn't have been happier. You know, and as I shared with you, my um, two worlds that come together before about with shoes of peace and making the world a better place. And this, that this can reach places where peace is so needed. It's such a privilege. And over the years, people said to me, Susan, why don't you write a book? Put these morning inspirations. And, you know, there was a part of me that said, I, I didn't. I wanted it to just be organically sent out to the universe and whoever was supposed to receive it would receive it. And I still do believe today that my morning inspiration reaches people that somehow it was supposed to reach them. No questions asked. You know, when someone signs up, I always say confidentiality is promised and I never ask them how they heard about it. Because for me, it's important to stay in that small organic bud of a flower that has grown bushes and bushes, but it's really important for me to stay there. And so I guess during COVID, a good friend of ours um, was writing a book, a memoir of his parents' Holocaust um, experience. And I kept asking him, you know, how did you do it? And then finally he said to me, Susan, you need to write this book. I'm sending you the publisher. I'm put and they put us on an email together and lo and behold, this book was written during COVID, A Heart's Landscape. And I had to go through 3,645 morning inspirations. Can you imagine? <laughs> so you go back in life and it's like, you know, there, I guess in the United States, there was a program like that. But in Israel, there was a program on TV that was called This Is Your Life. And they would bring people from your past to visit you. And stories of what happened in your past that you were like, oh, my. So going through these morning inspirations, that's what it was like for me. Because all these moments of my life, you know, when I started writing this, um, none of my children were married. Um, I didn't have grandchildren. I was only 50. <laughs> now I'm 63 now going on. And so it, it, it was in the world, the world. The world has changed drastically. And the need for compassion and unity and love has grown to, to places I never thought I would see. And so I just did it. <laughs> and then this book has a message and it's out there. And, you know, my book was written with no task, no task. You know, some books are written um, with do this every day. No, my book is really you open it 
and wherever your finger lands, that's perhaps a message for you for that day. And there's nothing right or wrong. There's no ending and there's no beginning to this book. It's where it finds you. And I, my intent was that it would be a hand for those that needed one. It would be a smile when someone needed to smile. And it would always be there and find the person that it needed to find. And I think that this new world I'm experiencing of healing that is needed so strongly today makes me even uh, happier or more at peace, I want to say, that I wrote this book because I see what's coming back to me. I see people that are writing me and telling me about this book, that it's part of their healing process. Wow. Wow. What a privilege. What an honor to be part of someone's healing process through my words. And, you know, Sometimes I wonder if I had a picture, you know, there are these uh, Zoom things of hundreds of people on Zooms, you know, since COVID, right? And I was envisioning if I had this Zoom of everyone that has received morning inspiration or that receives it and everyone that has my book in one Zoom room, whoa, that would be so empowering because that means that everyone has heart awareness. And the power of heart awareness, you know, I wish I could put it on every politician's table and on every doctor's table and say, here, just remember it's there. Remember your heart awareness. You know, it's like my middle daughter is a pediatrician in social peds. And um, I always say to her, you know, I know you're a good doctor medically. But how lucky are your patients that come from all different backgrounds, all different places, some knowing English, some don't, but you have the healing of compassion. Wow. And I think, you know, every person that deals with healing in this world, and I do believe that politicians try to heal things, right? They, they try. And we don't think of that sometimes. We think they're just there for their own ego. But they come sometimes really with the effort to make something better. But if they had that in front of them all the time, heart awareness, heart compassion, and heart attentiveness, this world my grandchildren have entered might be a better world. And so I continue to promise and I continue to work in my corners. You know, all we need is a little corner. If it be it through my shoe company or through my spiritual counseling or through talking with you with, with this message because you just do such wonderful things, then that tiny little place in this huge universe will become to be better. And when we stitch them all together, what a beautiful sight it will be. I'm giving you a standing ovation. Yes. And oh my God, everything you said again, hugged my heart because, oh, I love, I just love your message. I love your work. And um, I collect hearts. I find them everywhere. So all over my office are hearts. And so just the fact that you 
speak on a heart level you you take photographs of hearts and I, I again I just I resonate with your message on a heart and soul level so thank you and I'm sure my audience is as well so thank you so how do folks connect with you how do they reach out to you and find your book so I have a website susanplax.com and you can sign up for morning inspiration there you can read about me you can read my blog when I remember to write it <laughs> <laughs> and you can find out how to order my book. And this week it came out an ebook as well because so many people that um, were ill or that were visiting people that were ill and it was hard for them to hold my book um, said, we want to have it in the spur of the moment while we're traveling. And so now you can do that. You can just have it on your phone. And I thought, I never thought of that. And someone said, and then all of a sudden people came to me and asked. And I, so that came out. So that's huge. And that's on Kindle on Amazon. And, but you can find it, you know, on Amazon on bookstore.org and bookshop.org and on Barnes and Noble and all those places. Wonderful. Everyone listening, if you check in show notes, just scroll down, whether you're watching the YouTube uh, video or listening on audio, go down to show notes and I'll have some links in there so you can visit Susan's website and also to Amazon for the book. So I'll make sure to make it easy for folks to get to it. Yeah. And you can follow me on Instagram and on Facebook and you'll see all my daily or a couple of days a week, all of a sudden something comes to mind and it's there. So it's kind of a uh, I get to connect with this wonderful world of people and it's such a privilege, such a privilege. Yes. Well, and again, I, I just put a big asterisk by all of this because I truly try to live. I told you I've been going on this through this chronic illness journey uh, the last year and a half, but so many folks are like, I had no idea you were sick because I try to just continue to people have always said you radiate joy, Terry, because I do what you talk about. I try to find those moments. And I'm telling you, it's simple. It's simple things like outside watering my flowers and then a little lizard will, I live on a Hilton Head Island in South Carolina, a little lizard will jump out like, hey, why are you squirting water in my eye? (laughs) And I'll stop and be like, oh my gosh, hi, buddy. How are you? And then their little heads cock back and forth. And so I have a conversation with a lizard. So (laughs) absolutely. And see how much you're smiling and laughing now, how much that put into your bank of, of, I call it a giggle bank. Oh, and so there's a giggle bank, right? And so if you can put more giggles into your giggle bank, they're always there whenever you need them, right? Just like now when you speak about it, that's in your giggle bank. And anytime you think about that lizard, you're going to start laughing. Now I'm going to start laughing every time I think about a lizard. So look how contagious giggles can be. Yeah. Oh, I love giggle bank. I'm going to use that from now on. That's (laughs) awesome. Oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. That's great. <laughs> oh, so is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon that you haven't yet talked about? Oh, I could, you know, when it comes to healing and joy and hope, I can talk because it's like I get it from I from people. People give this to me and I really just translate it into my own language. And one of the things, you know, I think that I want to finish up here with is hope. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people say there is no hope. 
That's I hear that all the time. You know, we went through these really, and we're still going through COVID terrible, terrible, terrible times um, that we had no idea, right? This was something we had never gone to. And, and people that are touched by illness and people that are exiting this world, how can there be hope? Well, hope, there is the big hope, the hope of the world, the hope of the year, the hope of the month. But then there's the moment hope. And that's where the focus is. Because moment hope is born every morning all over again. Every morning. You know, hope is like the sun and the moon. No matter what you do, it'll show up, right? Always, always. Now, you can either acknowledge the beautiful sunset or the beautiful sunrise or the beautiful moon or not. Just like you can acknowledge the hope for a better moment or not. And so I say to people, and this is a big message for all of you that have been touched by chronic illness or are helping people exit this world, or have just shown someone a beautiful exit from this world, there is hope for moments. And if in this moment that you're listening to us right now, you smile, you laughed, or you put a giggle in your giggle bank, or you felt your heart with such awareness, and all of a sudden there was this moment of, yes, I'm a champion, and I know I am. That is hope. And I want you all to remember, you are champion, each and every one of you. Oh, I send that I off with you today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, and I actually, my morning inspiration, well, we call it morning inspiration, but because it's all over the world, I'm always thinking, what time should it go out? We'll go out tonight at 10 o'clock. And for those of you that are listening and want to sign up, I would suggest to sign up today because what I write about tonight is about the hero in your story. And I think um, in this conversation, it's just my thought. Maybe I knew I was going to be talking about this with you. I don't know. But this hero that is in your story, oh, it needs to be honored. So, Yes. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been such a joy and I've learned so much. And just again, my heart's been very hugged throughout this entire conversation pre-record and during recording. So thank you for your beautiful work and shining a light of hope and holding people's hand. I, I love that image that you put out there. So thank you. Ah, such a privilege to talk to you and thank you for all you do. Oh, yeah. thanks. I know. I'm I'm very excited again to, I just feel this is such a gift to have this show uh, and be able to meet beautiful souls such as yourself who are doing the healing work and then uh, share it, share it in such a global way with uh, people all over the world. When we're done, I want to get on. And I think in Israel, the show has hit uh, the top 10 in either mental health or self-improvement um, and so I'm going to pull that up for you because oh, I know that really? will resonate with you. And yes, I'm leaving I just, Friday for Israel. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I just love the oh, idea wow. that people are tuning in everywhere to get these messages of hope and healing and love and joy. So thank you for being a part of it. Oh, amazing that we can connect. And I love, love, love the message. Your smile 
give. So thank you. I'll take that with me for today. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywellbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywellbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows. Um, and just a great space for, uh, again, healing and hope. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.